Welcome to the Static Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony T, and this is episode 92. Welcome and thanks for joining me on this Fat Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. I must apologize for another skipped week, uh, just life getting busy, but here I am. For this week, I'm going to change it up, and since it is Fat Tuesday, we'll talk about Mardi Gras and like how it came about and what it's actually all about. So, out of Wikipedia, it says, Mardi Gras refers to the events of carnival celebration beginning on or after the Christian feasts of the Epiphany and culminating... On the day before Ash Wednesday, which is known as Shrove Tuesday, Mardi Gras is French for Fat Tuesday, reflecting the practice of the last night of eating rich, fatty foods before the ritual Lenten sacrifices and fasting of the Lenten season. Now, Wiki describes Carnival as uh, is a Western Christian festive season that occurs before the liturgical season of Lent. The main events typically occur during February, early March, during a period historically known as Shrovetide. Carnival typically involves public celebrations, including events such as parades, public street parties, and other entertainments, combining some elements of a circus. Elaborate costume and masks allow people to set aside their everyday individuality and experience a heightened sense of social unity. Participants often indulge in excessive consumption of alcohol, meat, and other foods that will be foregone during upcoming Lent. Traditionally, buttermilk and other animal products were not consumed excessively. Rather, their stock was fully consumed during Shrovetide as to reduce waste. This festival is known for being a time of great indulgence before Lent, which is a time stressing the opposite, with drinking, overeating, and various other activities of indulgence being performed. Now, what the word carnival actually means, the etymology out of wiki, the word is said to come from the late Latin expression carne levare, which means remove meat. A folk etymology derives it came from carne valet, farewell to meat. In either case, this signifies the approaching fast. The word carne may also be translated as flesh, producing a farewell to the flesh, a phrase embraced by certain carnival celebrants to embolden the festival's carefree spirit. The etymology of the word carnival thus points to a Christian origin of the celebratory period. Other scholars argue that the origin of the word is common meat-based country feast or the festival of the Navigium Isidus, um, ship of Isis, where the image of Isis was carried to the seashore to bless the start of sailing season. The festival consisted of a parade of masks following an adored wooden boat called in Latin Carnus Navalis, possibly the source of both the name and the parade floats. Interesting. And that last section there uh, really does resemble the parties that go down in New Orleans um, during Mardi Gras. So is it really a Christian holiday um, or a tradition, really? I'm not so sure anymore. So, Wiki goes to the Middle Ages. In the Middle Ages, Carnival referred to a period following Epiphany season that reached its climax before midnight on Shrove Tuesday. British historian John Bossy, in writing on the origin of the practices during Carnival, states, These were, despite some appearances, Christian in character, and they were medieval in origin. Although it has been widely supposed that they continued some kind of pre-Christian cult, there is, in fact, no evidence that they existed much before 1200. Because Lent was a period of fasting, Carnival therefore represented the last period of feasting and celebration before the spiritual rigors of Lent. 
Meat was plentiful during this part of the Christian calendar, and it was consumed during carnival as people abstained from meat consumption during the following liturgical season, Lent. In the last few days of the carnav- of carnival, known as Shrovetide, people confessed, shrived, their sins in preparation for Lent as well. In 1605, a Shrovetide play spoke of Christians who painted their faces to celebrate the season. Uh, it continues, Traditionally, a carnival feast was the last opportunity for common people to eat well, as there was typically a food shortage at the end of the winter as stores ran out. Until spring produce was available, people were limited to the minimum necessary meals during this period on what nowadays is called Vesenavand, uh, the day of before fasting, all the remaining winter stores of lard, butter, and meat which were left to be, which were left would be eaten for these would otherwise soon start to rot and decay. The selected livestock had already been slaughtered in November and the meat would no longer be preservable. All the food that had survived the winter had to be eaten to assume that everyone was fed enough to survive until the coming spring would provide new food sources. That makes pretty good sense, being that, you know, they would they didn't have refrigeration back then, so anything that was preserved, however they preserved it, um, would go bad. So pretty much it's like, eat it, and then we'll just wing it until spring comes, and then we'll have another harvest. So pretty much it's like, eat it before it spoils, fatten up and we will make it through till spring because it's it's end of february now march is coming up so it continues traditionally the feast was also a time to indulge in sexual desires which were supposed to be suppressed during the following period fasting before lent began all rich food and drink were consumed in what became a giant celebration that involved the whole community and it's thought to be the original the origin of carnival in many Christian sermons and texts, example of a vessel is used to explain tr- Christian doctrine, the nave of the Church of Baptism, the ship of Mary, etc. The writings show that a procession with ship-like carts were held and lavish feasts were celebrated on the eve of Lent or the greeting of spring in the early Middle Ages. All right, now since we know what Mardi Gras is and Carnival is, let's go to the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops and let's see what Lent is about. Lent is a 40-day season of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving that begins on Ash Wednesday and ends at sundown on Holy Thursday. It's a period of preparation to celebrate the Lord's resurrection at Easter. During Lent, we seek the Lord in prayer by reading sacred scriptures. We serve by giving alms, and we practice self-control through fasting. We are called not only to abstain from luxury luxuries during Lent, but to a inner, true inner conversation of heart as we seek to follow Christ's will more faithfully. We recall the waters of baptism, in which we were also baptized into Christ's death, died to sin and evil, and began a new life in Christ. Many know of the tradition of abstaining from meat on Fridays during Lent, but we are also called to practice self-discipline and fast in other ways throughout the season. Contemplate the meaning and origins of the Lenten fasting tradition in this reflection. In addition, The giving of alms is one way to share God's gift, not only through the distribution of money, but through the sharing of our time and talents. As St. John's Chrysostom reminds us, not to enable the poor to share in our goods is to steal from them and deprive them of life. The goods we possess are not ours, but theirs. In Lent, the Baptist 
baptized are called to renew their baptismal commitments as others prepare to be baptized through the rite of Christian initiation of adults, a period of learning and discernment for individuals who have declared their desire to become Catholics. Now, what is we hear about fasting and all these fasting and Fat Tuesday we stuff ourselves and party and then because we're going to be fast fasting for Lenten season. So the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops uh, it has a section here on fast and abstinence. It says Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are oblig- obligatory days of fasting and absent abstinence for Catholics. In addition, Fridays during Lent are obligatory days of abstinence for members of the Latin. Catholic Church, the norms on fasting are obligatory from the age of 18 until 59. When fasting, a person is permitted to eat one full meal as well as two smaller meals that together are not equal to a full meal. The norms concerning abstinence from meat are binding upon members of the Latin Catholic Church from age 14 onwards. Members of the Eastern Catholic Churches are to observe the particular law of their own sui eris church. If possible, the fast on Good Friday is continued until Easter Vigil on Holy Saturday night as the Paschal Fast to honor the suffering and death of the Lord Jesus of the Lord Jesus Christ and to prepare ourselves to share more fully and to celebrate more readily his resurrection. So it's a period of fasting and abstinence for Catholics. Uh, Muslims have a time when they also fast, I'm not sure, but I myself as a Catholic grew up with this uh tradition and 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 you know it's it's been around for a while in my family but yeah we never really uh celebrated fat tuesday or mardi gras that's why i found it weird how they kind of attach it to this um to this catholic uh holiday of lent so i have a little clip here from a news uh station that describes mardi gras Why do we celebrate Mardi Gras right in the U.S.? The origins of Mardi Gras go all the way back to medieval Europe, where communities in Italy and France counted down the final days before Lent by living it up. According to historians, a large steer or ox was paraded through the streets, then slaughtered and eaten. This was the last meat people could eat before the restrictions of Lent started. On Fat Tuesday in 1699, a French-Canadian explorer landed 60 miles downriver from what would become New Orleans and promptly named the spot Pointe du Mardi Gras. A small party was held, but that is not considered the first Mardi Gras celebration in the world. That title lives in Mobile, Alabama. Though there is some debate, historians say as early as 1703, French settlers in Mobile started holding Mardi Gras celebrations, beating the Big Easy by about 10 years. By the 1730s, Mardi Gras parties were a common sight in New Orleans. But the Spanish, who ruled the city until 1800, weren't big fans of the parties. And when U.S. authorities took over, they weren't in the mood to let the good times roll either, banning both masked balls and public disguises. By the 1850s, a group of men in New Orleans established a secret society to help celebrate the holiday. The city's first Mardi Gras crew was born. Other secret societies followed, and there are even new crews emerging today. For example, the crew of Chewbacca celebrates not only the genius of Star Wars, but also the Roman god of wine. With the Y, I'm Brandy Smith. So I think this is a little weird because um, she states in the Middle Ages that this was like the last hurrah before the fasting of Lent and that people 
they paraded a, a bull down the street and then they slaughtered it and ate it, which to me sounds a little bit more uh, pagan-ish, if you, more than, uh, <laughs> more than a Catholic uh, tradition of sacrificing something. And then she mentions the secret societies to, to form Mardi Gras, to have Mardi Gras parties. That doesn't sound too Catholic to me either. So in general, this sounds like a, a co-opted holiday just to get people to buy booze and, and eat and party. And I don't think it has anything really to do with Lent at all. Um, I think it's two different things. Um, this this thing probably stemmed from some kind of pagan tradition, which I spoke about earlier being spring and or just in general that the food was running out and people would eat and it kind of carried over. And of course, if you're Catholic and you like to party and Lent's coming up, then of course you're going to be like, woo, let the party go before Lent starts. But And this kind of all got co-opted into being somehow, hey, right before Lent. But to me, uh, I think it should be kind of separated and not just, you know, Lent comes and you do what you got to do during Lent. There's no reason to party it up and, and, and get, get crazy. Yeah, I was in church this past Sunday, and I, I, the priest didn't mention anything about Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras or even before that. Never mentioned it to go out and, you know, really tie one on before Ash Wednesday. So I, I, I believe it's been kind of co-opted, and I have a clip here, and you can see what I mean. New Orleans Mardi Gras is more than just a celebration before the Christian season of Lent begins. In this city, preparations for the big day begin weeks and even months in advance. Early mornings are nothing new for bakers, but the pre-dawn workload grows during carnival season. From January 6th through Fat Tuesday, New Orleans Cake Cafe and Bakery is a beehive of activity, where they make as many as 50 king cakes a day. Here, they make non-traditional goat cheese and apple stuffed cakes. There's very old school king cakes in New Orleans. They've been at it for 50, 60, 100 years, some of them, and they have a loyal following. The old school king cake has a tiny baby or other trinket baked inside, and whoever gets the trinket has obligations, such as buying next year's king cake. Here, the baby goes on the outside. The king cake is a traditional New Orleans Mardi Gras pastry. You'll find pastries like this all over the country and all over the world that they're only served for a certain season during the year. So there they mentioned from January, they're busy preparing for Mardi Gras. So it's kind of become a commercialized holiday and it has nothing to do with Lent. Just they commercialized it just like Christmas is more commercialized and it's not about gifts. It's more about the birth of Jesus. Lent is, you know, fasting and abstaining before the death of Jesus when his crucifixion and resurrection and the, the weird king cakes with a baby baked in it. What's that about? Uh, that that just sounds weird. I I've never learned anything about that in in Catholicism about king cakes. Um but you know, it, it just sounds weird to me. You know, as a Christian, you're probably like, oh, I'm going to do Mardi Gras and go down there and do all this stuff. And you might be participating in pagan rituals unknowingly, which is a no-no if you're a Catholic. 
<laughs> so be careful. Understand what you're what you're quote unquote celebrating or doing because of something. Uh, there's a lot of uh, trickery out there. Now I quickly looked up king cakes from NewOrleans.com just to see what it is. So what is a king cake? The name king cake comes from a biblical story of the three kings who bring gifts to baby Jesus. A blend of coffee cake, cinnamon roll, king cake is usually iced in yellow, green, and purple to call it for Mardi Gras, and is frequently packed with fruit fillings and decadent cream cheeses hidden. Within this season's sweets also lie a special surprise, a plastic king cake baby to continue the fun. Now, this would only make sense to sell and make during the Christmas season, not Easter season or Lent season. Jesus, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense to, to a baby Jesus is, this is the time he's going to be crucified. I don't, it's totally weird. So yeah, that's what I got on Mardi Gras and Fat Tuesday. So thanks for joining me today on this Fat Tuesday. I'm your host, Anthony T, the Static Podcast. You can reach me at staticpodcast.net. Like, like, subscribe, donate. Uh, It's a value for value podcast. Get yourself a podcast and 2.0 compliant app. You get those at nudepodcastapps.com or newpodcastapps.com. Uh, you can stream uh, little bits of Bitcoin, which are called Satoshis, to the show. You can send boostergrams, leave me messages. Uh, greatly appreciated. I don't take ads. I believe in freedom of speech. Don't want anyone to tell any, tell me anything I can and can't say. Um, so that'll do it for me. I'll be back next week, hopefully. And I will see you again.